Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you once again from different locations at Lambeau Field. And Wes, not so much different this time, Mike. You're right down the hall from me now. Right. But things are things are so busy and so crazy during training camp that uh, I can't even get in the studio <laughs> today, let alone both of us being able to get in the studio to <laughs> we're going to be do doing this show. from the storage so, closet here soon. Yeah, enough, pretty gonna... so they'll just keep moving us around uh, <laughs> as we uh, get through our various episodes. But um, but the logistics aside, um, Packers are in the midst of training camp here and uh, conducted another full padded practice on Tuesday since we had recorded our previous show. There'll be another practice not long after uh, we get this show recorded. One thing I wanted to touch on here, Wes, and uh, and you wrote about it. There's a story on Packers.com for those who want to check it out. We talked a lot in our last show about the one-on-ones which uh, kind of get cranked up when the players put the pads on and whatnot. And one guy who's really been standing out in those one-on-one drills is the second-year defensive lineman, Devontae Wyatt. It looks like he is off to a very, very good start, the former first-round pick in his second season. Yeah, he is, Mike. And it was really interesting talking to him at his locker earlier this week because Pete Doherty was actually there. And, you know, we were talking about the first rep that he took actually might've been the second one against Josh Myers. And obviously it was a a big victory for Wyatt, but he hit him with the spin move and Pete Doherty asked him that. He's like, you know, is that, is that kind of like one of your big moves? He's like, Oh yeah, that's my special move. (laughs) And we all kind of got a big laugh out of it because then uh, later on in practice going up against, I believe it's Gene DeLance. I want to make sure I get that right. Um, One of the practice squad holdovers from last year. Then he switched over and he converted to his power and again was able to, to get the offensive lineman on the ground while keeping his own balance, mind you. And I, I think what we've seen with Devontae Wyatt in year two is the game has slowed down. I know that's a big cliche, but now he's been able to do this rep after rep after rep. They don't have Dean Lowry anymore. They don't have Jaron Reed. When you look at that base defensive front and specifically that nickel front with him and probably Kenny Clark at the three tech spots, this is a huge opportunity for the young man. And I think he's really taken advantage of it so far. Now, again, these are just practices. We just put the pads on. But if you were looking for the indicators that Devontae White is ready for this opportunity, I think you're seeing them because, again, 
played, I think, just over 200 snaps last year. He only missed one game all regular season, but he just he was averaging about 10 snaps a game. But when he started to build some momentum at the end of the season, I think that helped his confidence. And now he's coming back looking a lot more. I don't want to say dominant because again, we got to see some, we got to see some joint practices. We got to see some preseason games. We got to get into the regular season, but I think the Packers have to be feeling really good right now that, okay, we're going to stick with him and TJ Slayton. We're not going to bring in any other veterans to replace Lowry and Reed. I think the signs have been really promising that they made the right choice. Yeah. I think the, the question, the question that's still out there with Wyatt to me, the, the Packers drafted him. You as, as an interior defensive lineman, you're a first round pick when you show you can rush the passer from that spot. The Packers didn't have any questions. I don't think, I don't think anybody does with regard to the, the pass rush is going to come. It's going to be there for Wyatt from uh you know, from that three tech spot or, or wherever he may line up on the interior. The question at this level is going to be, will he be able to, will he be able to hold up and be, the the type of disruptive force against the run that he was in college and things can be a little bit different in the NFL. It's not as easy as just beating your man and getting into the backfield to stop the run, because if that play is not coming at you, you know, it's really easy for a, uh, for a gap or a hole to, to open up and, uh, and then boom, suddenly, you know, a run is out the gate. Um, the run defense has played a little bit, little bit differently in the NFL in that regard. And I'm not saying that Devontae Wyatt can't do it, but because he had such limited playing time as a rookie, um, I think we have to see if he's going to be able to, uh, to be um, a, a run stopper down after down, just as uh, I think he's going to be able to consistently put pressure on the quarterback when given those opportunities. The, the comment, the quote that has, that has stood out, it's shown up in our coverage and in coverage elsewhere. When defensive lineman Jerry Montgomery spoke with the media during the spring, can't remember exactly if it was OTAs or minicamp or exactly when it was, but he was talking about week 18 against the lions. Obviously that was a disappointing loss for the Packers, but in the midst of that game, Wyatt got a strip sack of Jared Goff of Detroit. And it was probably the biggest highlight play of his rookie campaign. And Montgomery said, when Wyatt came off the field after that play, he commented like, Hey coach, I think I'm starting to get it, you know, like, and yes, it was week 18 and, and everybody was hoping that maybe it would come around a little bit sooner for Wyatt. But there, he had such a strong finish to the season, not just with that play, but over the last month of the regular season last year, that what we're seeing now at the start of training camp is not necessarily a surprise. It really looks like he is building off of what he did last December. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that that's what I kind of was talking about. I asked him about that, the momentum that he kind of derived from the end of that season. And, and he said there was a little bit, but he's like, I feel much more confident now. And I think that was the totality of his off season. I feel like that was everything that he put in with the reps with Kenny Clark and T, you know, TJ Slayton during the off season program. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six man of the year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of it like that see that ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam casella point game i remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then the other thing that's interesting, too, you mentioned it, like the Packers, the run defense, that's the big thing for them this year. Whatever you want to put it on, whatever the issues were last season, 26th is 26th, and Green Bay knows they need to do better against that. They can't give up five yards a clip against right. the run this season. I feel like getting back to a more traditional nose tackle and TJ Slayton is a big piece to that. You know, for years, you'd see not just Green Bay, but a lot of teams in the NFL as teams got faster. We saw, you know, safeties playing linebacker. We saw 315 pound nose tackles. We'd gotten kind of away from the Ryan Pickett sort of generation of 340 pounds and just an absolute handful for interior linemen to deal with. Slayton is a little bit more out of that mold, right? At 340 pounds with as much athleticism that he has, he's going to be a big piece at the one tech, but it's not just one player. It is on Wyatt, it's on Clark, it's on everybody behind them to hold up their end of the bargain. I think the Packers are going to be able to get after the quarterback this season. I feel pretty confident saying that with Rashawn Gary coming back, Lucas Van Ness is the first round pick this, the athleticism they have on the interior defensive line. And even guys like, you know, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker behind that. It's about, okay, right out of the gate, Mike, you're going to see new Orleans. You're going to see Atlanta. There's a first round pick that Detroit drafted. You're going to see a lot of running backs that are either top of the line or considered, you know, that next, that next wave of elite backs and green Bay has to be able to stop them. And you're going to see a quarterback in week one who likes to run the ball, not just from a, a scrambling standpoint, you know, busted plays, but actually designed runs, you know, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Um, he he likes to play running back sometimes as quarterback, and, and that's going to be a challenge right out of the gate in week one at Soldier Field as well. So um, shifting gears to the other side of the ball for a minute, one thing that we will be watching pretty closely here as training camp continues Starting to see some more shuffling on the offensive line with the number one unit in terms of where guys are lining up specifically. We've now seen Zach Tom starting to take some snaps at center with the number one offensive line in place of Josh Myers with Yash Nyman playing right tackle. So that's a combination that the coaches are going to are going to take a look at. And I think the the best way to under to try to understand what's going on here. Uh, Larry articulated it very well in our three things video after practice on Tuesday. I tried to do the same thing in our insider inbox column on Wednesday morning. If you go by what Matt LaFleur has been saying all along, that it's about getting the best five on the field. It really looks like right now, three of those best five are David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and John Runyon. We haven't yep. seen really anything, but those guys being in, in their traditional spots, but then it's between Yash Nyman, Josh Myers, and Zach Tom. Two of those three guys will be will round out the, the the best five. So it's three guys competing for two spots. Obviously, Myers only plays center. Nyman only plays tackle. Zach Tom can play either one. So in some respects, if you look at it as well, if Zach Tom proves that he's one of the best five, and I'm not saying that that's been decided yet, but say if it evolves that way and Zach Tom proves that he's one of the best five, then his position potentially could be determined by 
who is the other guy who joins the best five. And then Zach Tom just fills in the other spot. That's one way that this could, uh, this could evolve, but it's something that we will watch as training camp continues, as we get into the preseason games and, and, and where guys are taking reps because nothing's uh, for certain yet, but, uh, but it certainly is, is starting to take a little bit more shape in terms of exactly what's being looked at. First off, what Zach Tom is doing is just the darndest thing I think I've ever seen during an NFL training camp. We've you got seen, that right. you know, Elton Jenkins plays guard and tackle, and we've seen these guys. I don't know if I've ever seen a guy in team period switch between right tackle and center, depending on which which package is in and in the look that they're getting. I mean, yeah, and sometimes got, from period to period, like he doesn't yeah. just get to play one spot for like a whole practice. Like he's he's he gets you know three snaps at one spot, and then he's taking three or four snaps at the other. It is it is pretty amazing, and uh, and you know the not just the physical challenge, but the mental challenge in terms of the plays and and executing the responsibilities at two different spots within the same practice. That that can't be easy. No, and and it takes a smart kid to do that. And obviously, as we've talked about numerous times now, he has put on the weight this offseason to kind of anchor down a little bit. He feels like that's helped him. But because of that, it's also allowed him to have that flexibility to challenge at multiple positions. And, you know, as much as Zach Tom, I'm sure, loves to be versatile and loves to play different spots, I'm guessing his goal at the end of the day, I don't think I'm going too far on a limb saying this, is to be a week one starter when the Packers travel to Soldier Field. The the interesting aspect of this, though, that I find the most funny is right off the bat, you say David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. That goes without saying. I love the trajectory that John Runyon has been on where, you know, he was in the lineup and he was out of the lineup and then it was Lucas Patrick and then it wasn't Lucas Patrick and it's Runyon. And then the last two years, I don't even know if like the gathered media has even talked to the kid that much. He just does his job. He's owned now right guard he started last year at left guard before they made the the flop with you know the switch with with yash and he's just steady as they go i mean i, I feel like john running has just been an ultimate premium pick for the packers coming out of that 20 draft but because of that you know in zach tom competing the way he is it creates some questions there about if he could potentially push for the center too so Competition brings out the best in everybody, Mike. You and I have said that since the beginning of time, and the Packers ultimately are going to need all six of those guys this year. I doubt there's a scenario in which they all end up healthy from week one to week 38 or whatever the season runs now. So the fact of the matter is you you have to have options, and Zach Tom gives the Packers a heck of a lot of them. Yeah, and what you said about Runyon is, is spot on too. Uh, you know, for a guy to come in as a sixth-round pick, and he was, a, he was an all-Big Ten tackle um, yeah. at Michigan – and the Packers, you know, saw him as an as an interior lineman, you know, from the start. And he's learned the guard spot. He's played both sides. He's played on on either side of the center. And suddenly now he's kind of entrenched at right guard, and and nobody, uh, you know, putting up a serious uh, challenge uh, for for him at that spot. When you can find, when you can find a a reliable, like, don't have to worry about it type of player in the sixth round of the draft. And he's actually playing in the NFL at a position that he didn't even play in college. That says something about the, the scouting evaluation, but also says something about that player, that individual in particular, and how he's gone about the transition to the NFL. It's been, uh, it's been pretty impressive on Runyon's part. Huge value too, right? You go back and you think of Lane Taylor getting eight years out of Green Bay after being an undrafted free agent. Undrafted guy, yeah. And again, very same credentials. He played guard at Oklahoma State as where, you know, Runyon was playing tackle, but 
just didn't get enough respect. People didn't think he was athletic enough. They weren't sure if he could do it at this level. And he ends up being a six foot five, 324 pound, like stalwart on your offensive line for years. And I, I think those are the ties. Those are the type of guys that you can't say enough about because you can't always be spending first round picks on interior defense or interior offensive linemen and, and Runyon, I think kind of, I, I know I went off on a tangent with your point, your original point, but I just think it's very funny that that's not even been a conversation. He's just been the guy as much as Elton Jenkins has been the guy at left guard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a little bit of sponsor business here, Wes. Sirius XM NFL Radio delivers hard-hitting analysis and up-to-the-minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24-7, 365. And at Cousin Subs, we have something for everyone, like our Wisconsin cheese curds, mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes, all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl, Cousin Subs, 50 years of better. I know the 50 years thing was last year. So maybe I should be saying 51 years of better. I'll have to check I, I, with I'll, you. You have to check with your contact at cousins on that for me. Wes. I, I will, but I also know enough about sales to never deviate <laughs> off the script. Right. I know it's so. like, you got to read, read what's read what's in front of you. That's uh, it that's technically how, that's how it works. It has been 50 years of better. It's just 50 years and change of better. Yeah. Now, yeah. Right. Like that's yeah, the other 50, aspect. 50 plus years. <laughs> so, um, well, another another topic I wanted to get to that uh, we had so much with regard to what was going on at practice to to get to on our last show that we didn't get to the fact that at Monday's practice this week, Peyton Manning was in attendance. The uh, the Hall of Fame quarterback, two time Super Bowl champion, and now very very busy with uh, his own media production business. And no, he was not here to talk to Jordan Love about the Netflix quarterback series. That was not part of their discussion, but Jordan love did reveal to the media um, some of the stuff that they did talk about. And, and he was really appreciative of the chance to talk with Peyton Manning one-on-one. -on -one. And they talked a lot about, you know, just preparation, you know, how to, how to study film and, you know, how to be that, that leader and that, that main communicator on the offense when it comes to your linemen and your receivers and all that, and, uh, you know, Jordan Love soaked up everything he could from uh, from that conversation with Peyton Manning. And I think he, uh, you know, he really appreciated that opportunity. Yeah, a neat opportunity for a young guy that, you know, you always go back to thinking about like when, you know, Aaron Rodgers got to Green Bay and he talked about the influence that Joe Montana had on him and Steve Young and those guys from the Bay Area. And, and obviously you, quarterbacks learn from quarterbacks, right? it's the way it all goes in our profession too. There's writers we aspire to be and, and, and people that we enjoyed reading. So for love to be able to have that interaction, I thought was really valuable. And as Matt LaFleur said, you know, Peyton coming and he's saying in words to the entire team, th those are, those are the monumental kind of things because as Jordan talked about, and I think we don't discuss this enough, Peyton Manning had a ton of pressure on him coming into the national football league. Now social media 25 years ago, isn't what it is today. So he probably didn't have to like, look at it from every single person giving their opinion at every single second. But the fact of the matter is he was Archie Manning's son. He was the first overall pick and he threw what was it? 29 interceptions his first year in the national football league still has the rookie record for most, uh, most interceptions in one season. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no rookies really going to get that much of a leash these days. Exa- exactly. That's the, that's the thing. It's kind of like what Brett Favre said. You know, he holds the all-time record for interceptions for a career. It's like, well, you have to be doing something right if you're yeah. going to be allowed to throw that many interceptions. And Peyton Manning was allowed to throw that many as a rookie because the Colts knew what they had, and and certainly it uh, it eventually and, came around for him. And the Colts weren't very good that year either, right? And and next thing you know. <laughs> They, they turn it around and they become a perennial playoff team and eventually a Super Bowl champion. But to be able to level with a guy like Jordan Love like that, I think that's important because it reminds you that whatever the result is today doesn't mean that that predestines to you to what tomorrow is going to be, good or bad, right? There's going to be ebbs and flows to this game, and it's the number one thing I talked about all offseason when we would do these podcasts, when we do Unscripted, when we talk to Larry, is that, Jordan Love, that's the biggest transition for me. That That's the biggest hurdle I think he needs to climb is just that you're going to play a game on Sunday. You're going to break it down, you know, unless you start winning a bunch of games that don't have – you get victory Mondays, but you're going to have to break it down on Monday, and you're going to have to put in, start getting ready for the new game plan on Wednesday. That's the – that's how the life of an NFL quarterback goes. You have to have that short memory, and you have to keep building towards what's coming next. And I feel like that is the personification of what Peyton Manning did in his career. That's how you last as long as he did in the league, in addition to just having a, you know, a lot of God-given talent and ability. So I think it's exciting right now. I think it's exciting for the Green Bay Packers when you get that type of player in here. I mean, all our eyes immediately from the sidelines started going over there. Uh, start when you, as soon as you notice Peyton Manning there, it, it is something that's going to catch you. And I'm just really happy for Peyton Manning, too, that he got to to chat with Red Batty, because when you talk about legendary people in the National Football League, Peyton Manning's up there. He's pretty good. Hall of Famer. But Red Batty, Gordon, just a cut above. (laughs) What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the other thing I really enjoyed was hearing Matt LaFleur at the podium the other day reminiscing about a very bad memory early in his coaching career when he had just broken into the league with the Houston Texans and uh, they basically blew a 17-point lead to Peyton Manning in the last five minutes of the game. And it's funny, Wes, because I, you know me and my curiosity and, and how you know, so I went and looked up the game. And exactly like, okay, so how did Peyton Manning pull off this comeback? Well, one, it wasn't, it wasn't all Peyton Manning, but this is how it unfolded. And you have to picture, okay, if you're Matt LaFleur, this is, this is like his fourth or fifth game as an NFL assistant coach on the bottom of the totem pole quality control level with the Houston Texans. He's just, just gotten into the league in 2008 and he's a month into his, uh, his career as an NFL coach. 
and he's watching from the press box and his team has a 27 to 10 lead with about five minutes to go. Um, Huge underdogs, the Texans against the Colts and Peyton Manning drives the Colts down for a touchdown. It's 27, 17. Then the Texans fumble the ball. It gets scooped up and run back 70 yards for a touchdown. So it's 27, 24. And then the Texans fumble the ball again. The Colts recover. Peyton Manning drives them down and gets the touchdown to take the lead with a little bit under two minutes left. And then the Texans get one more shot and the quarterback throws an interception. So you that's actually how that game unfolded. So you talk about a game that is going to make an impression on a young coach who's just broken into the league. He's up against, a you know, watching a Hall of Fame quarterback on the other side, seeing how how you absolutely have to play and execute and do things right for 60 minutes in order to win games in this league and how huge a factor turnovers can be. I mean, it was, it was all laid out for Matt LaFleur right there in that game against Peyton Manning and the Colts. And uh, um, it was fun to hear him talk about that bad memory, but then also look up the details of exactly what unfolded because there's no question that that game made a big impression on Matt LaFleur and how it shaped him as a head coach. Yeah. And people wonder why Matt always talks about turnover margin and differential. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Just look at that one. First month of the 2008 season, 27 to 10 with five minutes to go. Look what happened. So it'll turn, it'll turn a, whatever it is, a 70 point lead into a deficit real quick when you start fumbling (laughs) balls for touchdowns. But, but Hey, listen, I mean, it's cool. It's, it is the neat thing about training camp. I remember um, if I can just say one last story here before we cut out the first time I saw John Madden at one of our training camps, I was still at the press Gazette at the time. John was a little bit older, but he was here. I can't remember what the project was for, but you start to see some of these people that have had such an impact on the game of football and what the sport that we enjoy today. And there, there's no like Goodyear blimp saying, Hey, welcome Peyton Manning. They just kind of show up from time to time during <laughs> yep. camp. Right. Yep. Here they are. Um, and, and to me, that's, that's always the most fun and uh, yeah, a, a very cool memory. And I think something that Jordan love is he ventures off as we talk about into this first year as a head co- or as a head coach, as a quarterback, starting quarterback in the national football league. Um, one of those like tiny moments that kind of builds up to something special. Yeah, absolutely. And and Manning did. Uh, he addressed the entire team, actually, after after practice on Monday, shared some words of wisdom and everything there. I know we do have to get going, but I want to mention one other thing to all of our loyal listeners, readers out there. If you have not checked out Wes's story on Derek Coleman, um, the deaf slash hard of hearing Super Bowl champion from the Seattle Seahawks, who is now a member of the Packers front office in the player engagement area. You need to read that story. It's it's really really well done. It's a great story by uh, about a great individual. I'll give you just a minute here, Wes, to uh, to talk about how that story came together and uh, and the impression that it made on you as the as the writer. Well, it was fun, Mike, because I think you and I we both remember Derek Coleman and the Duracell commercial and everything he was a part of with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, good, bad, and in between, right? I mean, there was a touchdown in 2014 in that opener at uh, you know Oton. Seattle that I'll never quite forget either. But that being said, from a football perspective and what he means to this community, uh, I feel like it was fun being a part of that. So basically myself, Tyler Gajewski and Nick McGahan from our video department all went down to Verona area high school, beautiful high school, by the way, Michael, down in your Southern Eastern part of the woods, Southwestern actually, but Southwestern, sorry, near, near, near Madison. Verona is very close to Madison for those who don't know. 
terrible at geography. It was my worst subject. Sorry. But that being said, I'm really getting off to a great start on this promo, aren't I? But the, the fact was, is that being able to be with him and the American Sign Language students from Verona, um, the Wisconsin School from the Deaf was also there. Their faculty had, had came to the event. And listening to Derek's message, and it's one thing to read stories, it's one thing to watch amazing video packages that have been put together over the years, but when you actually see the way he interacts with kids, it was very special. And having a chance to talk with Gray Rugemer about him, and Matt LaFleur made a comment, and then certainly even some of the lives he's touched away from football, you know, that was the coolest part of the experience to me, because you see what a certain amount of celebrity can do for the good of the world if used and channeled properly. And I feel like Derek Coleman has really done that. Now, as you mentioned, the assistant to Gray Rugemer in the player engagement area, it's the perfect role for Derek. He has had such an incredible lived experience and his ability to kind of relay and tell players what it's like to go through things, I, I think is really important because in a lot of ways he had to study this book over and over and over again to make it as long as he did in the National Football League. And as Aaron Jones told me during the offseason when I talked to him about it, you know, he feels like he could be a real special piece to what this team is building now moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I encourage everyone to check out that story. It's uh, It was posted on Packers.com Wednesday. Shouldn't be too hard to find. And uh, and I think you'll really enjoy it. So with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of training camp. We've got it all for you on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.